0: Hi, welcome to the On Your Marks Book Review Podcast with me, Jonathan Marks. This week I review the book No Rules, Rules, Netflix and the Culture of Reinvention, written by Netflix co-founder and CEO, Reed Hastings, and INSEAD professor, Erin Meyer. In this podcast I will share the three foundational methods by which Netflix creates a culture of freedom and responsibility and how this media juggernaut gets away with such a liberal work culture, yet creates a deep sense of ownership and innovation in a global business that employs over 11,000 people with operations in 190 countries and more than 200 million subscribers. I knew even before I'd opened this book that I'd love it. Not because of the title, which is provocative and intriguing, but because like so many of these books written by celebrity CEOs, there's usually a co-author, This is some poor schnook who does all the work and gets their name in a much smaller font below the name of the celebrity on the cover. In this case, however, the book is indeed co-authored by Hastings and Meyer, whose name appears in equal size on the cover. I know this seems like a random factoid, but in my increasingly accurate judgment of books, this is a sign of things to come, and I was not disappointed. The book is written in an even-handed style between the two writers, almost in a conversational style, with Hastings writing about things at Netflix and Maya responding with the nuanced and data-driven view of a world-class academic. What an absolute treat of a book. If Hastings wasn't six years my senior, I would adopt him and raise him as my own. My greatest regret with this book is that I had only a week in which to read it. Going forward, I would treat this text like scripture. It's filled with wonderful stories and examples from Netflix and other tech companies in which Hastings and his team have worked and beautifully showcases how a restrictive culture stifles growth and how a permissive and open culture, the one exemplified at Netflix, results in high levels of freedom, accountability, innovation and ultimately wealth creation. If you are in any way even tangentially involved in working with people, as a manager or in any role, In fact, if you work with or alongside any carbon-based life form, go buy and read this book. I defy you to not find value in its pages. The book, published in 2020, peels back the veil on Netflix and its corporate culture, revealing three interlocking approaches that the company uses to create the much-valued culture of freedom and responsibility. A lot of this content and methodology was developed early on in the Netflix story, And was published on the web as a 127-page PowerPoint deck, called the Netflix Culture Deck. Sheryl Sandberg, CEO of Facebook, reportedly said that the Culture Deck may well be the most important document to ever come out of Silicon Valley. I've included a link to the deck in the companion infographic. As I said, the book is filled with wonderful stories and examples gleaned by Mayer from interviews across the organization and shared in an open manner as a way of offering texture to each section. At first blush, the Netflix approach seems simple. Number one, build up talent density by creating a workforce of high performers. Number two, introduce candor by encouraging loads of feedback. And number three, remove control such as vacation and travel policies and even decision-making approval. As the book unfolds, through three layers of intensity, these three basic principles are shown to be pretty hard to implement but ultimately profoundly rewarding. I've no idea how you retool an existing company to take advantage of these principles but clearly this approach has worked for Netflix and created a DNA for the company as it's grown. What I'll do in this podcast is share some examples and takeaways from each of these approaches. Cleverly in the book and drawing on this idea of connecting the dots The authors provide nine literal dots, one at the end of each chapter, to show how these bits connect. I've included these dots in the companion infographic as well, for those of you who don't get the chance to read the book. So firstly, talent. Netflix thinks of itself as a pro sports team. People are obviously close and work long hours together, but they have resisted the temptation to regard themselves as a family. The focus on performance, of course, is no joke. A Netflix principle is that talented people make one another more effective and at the same time adequate performance gets a generous severance package. This is certainly no joke. While there is no ranking and culling of staff as done at other firms tech and non-tech, just meeting the requirements of the job gets you between four and nine months severance and a cheery wave goodbye. The belief is that adequate performance saps managers' time and energy, reduces the quality of the overall group, and may drive staff who seek excellence to quit and find work elsewhere. The company also has no tolerance for what they call brilliant jerks. This tends to happen when brilliant people have heard for so long how amazing and brilliant they are, and then start to believe this and act out. The other talent development approach is to offer rockstar pay. Netflix employees are paid at the top of their respective market salary, and often provided with substantial salary increases as part of a retention strategy. There's no bonus or pay-for-performance structure at Netflix. Experience has shown that this hampers teamwork and may even lead to destructive behaviour or a focus on the wrong metrics. The company uses what it calls the Keeper Test, which states that, and I quote, which of my people, if they told me they were leaving for a similar job at a peer company, would I fight hard to keep at Netflix? End quote. Netflix employees are encouraged to ask this question of their boss or manager, to ensure that they know where they stand from time to time. Obviously, those failing the Keeper test are subject to the severance package. This can create a very pressured and somewhat anxious work environment, as team members wonder how long they'll have a job for. Hasting responds to this by saying, It's a little like whitewater rafting. Keep your eye on calm, open water. At Netflix, we tell employees it's best to focus on learning, teamwork and accomplishment, and not be obsessed by the risk of being let go. Clearly this approach works, as Netflix is about a third lower than the US average for voluntary staff turnover, but slightly higher than average for involuntary turnover. The second strategy is candor, or say what you really think, but with positive intent. Netflix seems to thrive on continuous feedback, some casual and in the moment, and other times more formal and structured. Mayer suggests that high performance plus selfless candor equals extremely high performance, and Hastings agrees, and to a large extent would seem to not only espouse radical candor, but to model it as well, the giving and receiving. The company hosts live 360s, usually held in a casual environment such as a dinner, in which team members go around the table in turn and give feedback to one another. No platitudes are allowed, and based on the book, This seems to be hard work and often very hard to hear. But the feedback drives performance and feeds into the freedom and responsibility ethos. Hastings, drawing on the book The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle, encourages leaders to display belonging cues when they give feedback. This might be a small gesture or an appreciative tone, or moving closer to the speaker or listener when giving or receiving feedback. At the company, feedback is guided by four A's. When giving feedback, aim to assist and make it actionable, and when receiving, be appreciative and accept or discard the feedback with sincerity. To deepen candor, Hastings promotes transparency, not just the idea of it, but continued attempts to remove what they call in the book the stuff of secrets. Hastings tries to avoid the culture of executive exclusion and secrecy, and so has no office, no cubicle, not even a place to lock things away safely. He meets people in their workspace or meeting room or his preference a walking meeting. When the two authors collaborated on the book, by example, Mayo was surprised to bump into a Netflix employee some weeks after sharing an early draft of the first chapter, and he had some comments and feedback for her. She was amazed that he had seen the draft. When she asked how she got how he got the document, he replied, Well, Reed sent the chapter out to everybody. To all Netflix employees, she asked. Well, not everybody, just the top 700 managers. He wanted to share what the two of you were working on. I think this is a beautiful example of pulling back that veil of secrecy. Hastings likens candor to going to the dentist. Sometimes, no matter how well we brush and floss, there are uncomfortable places that only a dentist can reach. So too with feedback. Doing this daily and in a structured way into the regular work cycle means to give and receive feedback on these uncomfortable things. Finally, the book argues that as you give up control, first of small things, then of bigger, more impactful things, you allow employees the ultimate freedom and responsibility to perform. This starts with letting go of leave and expense policies. Netflix is one of a small number of companies that with no structured leave policy, employees take as much leave as they want. The immediate assumption, of course, is that this approach will be abused, and in fact the opposite happens, and employees don't take any leave. Hastings and his management team model the right behaviour, taking six to seven weeks of leave per year. This leave-no policy is structured around simple guiding principles. Always act in the best interests of the company. Never do anything that makes it harder for others to achieve their goals. Do whatever you can to achieve your own goals. Other than that, staff set their own holiday time. The same applies to expenses. This is managed through a simple principle of act in Netflix's best interests. From there, employees decide what class they travel, where they stay and what they spend on food, transport, etc. There is limited oversight to manage the occasional abuses, but as Mayo says in the book, some people will cheat, but the gains outweigh the losses. This approach of freedom from policies and rules extends to decision-making as well. No decision-making approvals are required and for example, contracts are signed by what Netflix calls the informed captain. This is the person on the ground working on a project and dealing with the outcomes of each decision. The guiding principle here is, don't seek to please your boss, seek to do what's best for the company. The book speaks about leading with context, not control, illustrating this with a tree. At the base is Hastings and his senior leadership group, and at the branches are the informed captains. He provides stability and context, but the decision-making always happens at the top branches. The book closes out with a short section on what I think really captures the objectives of the approach to culture and management at Netflix. It's jazz, not symphony. This reliance of industrial revolution-style structure and management for wealth creation does not seem to yield the kind of large-scale creativity and, and innovation that is, the promise of the information age. The time in which we live is characterized by creativity, speed and agility, whereas the industrial area was characterized by minimizing variation, replication and error prevention. While mistakes will be made in this more unstructured way, the learning is much faster and this will lead to better and more impactful innovation. In the end, say the authors, jazz emphasizes spontaneity, so leave the conductor and sheet music behind and build a jazz band instead. As my eyes sweep across the books I've read so far this year, I've loved them all, but this, I must say, has been my favourite. I have plenty to go, so no doubt that No Rules Rules will be supplanted. However, this book has been profoundly impactful. I sense a shift in much of what I thought to be true about leadership management and building a business. Which reminds me, I have some vacation time coming up, and now where's that leave form? Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Once again, I encourage you to buy the book and read it. I have a few exciting changes coming up in May with my book review podcast, so keep connected as I roll these out. The first change will be from next week. I'll be releasing this review on a Tuesday, not a Monday. Well, that's it from me, folks. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week, and as always, I look forward to your feedback.